Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. City News. Hello, good evening. Welcome to Eyewitness News coming to you live from our studios at number 11, Dr. Martin Loop in Adabraka in Accra. My name is Salom Adonu and I'm here with Akusia Oche. Coming up over the next 90 minutes. You are the former deputy finance minister. What, what do you know about these payments? What do you know about paying people or payments that have delayed? You are former finance minister. You should be the last person you, to get Are you angry because we are, we are finding solutions to the challenges Minority leadership clashes with agri minister over the Caucasus visit to the Buffer Stock Company Limited, where some food suppliers have been picketing and sleeping for the past four days to push government to settle its indebtedness to them. Meanwhile, education and finance ministers have been hauled before parliament to answer why the suppliers have not been paid. Also on Eyewitness News Medical and Dental Council begins investigations into the death of a 39-year-old woman who was denied medical attention by an Aflao-based health facility because she did not have cash but wanted to pay by mobile money. We'll hear from the family. Still on Eyewitness News, organized labor suspends its intended strike to demand a reinstatement of some local unionists who were sacked by Sonin Asaglipar Limited following the Council of State's intervention. Stay with 97.3 City FM for more on these stories and other ones on eyewitness news and in business actors within agribusiness space urged to leverage on the africa continental free trade area there is more business in the next 50 minutes eyewitness news is live across the country on all our affiliates and around the world at citynewsroom.com your comments are welcome via our whatsapp line 0549-986-996 you can follow me on twitter at salom the hashtag as always is City Newsroom. Akosia gives us the first story. There was confusion during a working visit by members of the minority caucus to the National Food Buffer Stock Company following the protest by members of the National Food Suppliers Association. A video in circulation shows the min- Minister of Food and Agriculture in a hot exchange of words with the members. It is unclear what might have instigated the argument, but let's take a listen to what transpired. You are the former deputy finance minister. What what do you know about these payments? What do you know about paying people or payments that have delayed? You are former finance minister. So are you saying so, minister? So, 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 you first thing you want to do. No, you get an agreement that we are here. You should be the last person to get angry. You should be the last person to get angry. As a member of parliament. No, you should be the last person to get angry. Are you angry because we are finding solutions to the challenges? Are you angry because we are finding solutions? Are you saying that no If you could have solved it, we are here. Is that what you're saying? That we have no logic to to get angry. Is that what you're saying? Are we not members of parliament? We all stakeholders in the government of this country. Is that what you're saying? You shout at us like that. Oh, please. You don't do that. No, don't do that. I'm saying that. I'm saying that. I'm not going to accept this invitation. I won't accept this invitation. We are not going to accept Young man, I won't accept this invitation of yours. I'm joining this week. But what I'm saying is that this is not the root to solve this problem, this inorganic picketing should not be accepted. We are not going to and encouraged. So we are not going to bring engage. press 
to a reception. No, leader. You are a leader. You are a minority leader. No, you like What is your problem? What is your problem? That should stop. No, what is your problem? What is your problem? I'm not really always like attacking now. Anytime. No, no, I'm here to address this. As soon as. No, no, no. Let's let that. Let's stop. Let's stop. Let's stop. And then we all we are ready. We want to talk to you. We know what to do. We want to talk to you. We know what to do. We want to talk to you. Yes, so say that. You should have said that. You should have said that. You should have said that. No, stop that. That was Minister of Food and Agriculture, uh, Brian Echampon, that heated argument with the minority. Brian Echampon joins me on the telephone for a quick interview on what has been happening in respect of this matter. Hello, good evening, sir. Good evening, sir. Welcome to Eyewitness News. What's the matter, really? You don't think the minority caucus should have, should have visited the protesters to perhaps understand why they are there and offer them some assurances? Uh, good evening, uh, Shalom, and uh, good evening to your listeners. Um, but absolutely, there's no problem with the minority uh, visiting the, the protesters. I don't think that is what is an issue. I see. Because uh, in, in the in the voice clip, we, we, we heard you questioning why they, they should be there and saying that, as lead, I mean, former deputy finance minister, what do you know about these payments, etc. So I was just wondering why you thought that their visit there was, was unnecessary. Well, I think what was more, what was what was surprising that I was um, questioning was that um, I had visited the protesters last night on 7 p.m. at 6:30 to be exact, and um, I met about 14 of them. I had conversation extensively for about an hour and a half, two hours um, on the issue. We discussed it. We discussed the roadmap to a solution. And um, they agreed um, that they were going to go home. That was about, um, when I was leaving the premise, it was about um, 8 p.m. Now, um, midnight, 12, 12 midnight, I drove past the place and I saw only two of them. I'm uh, sorry, three. Uh, two um, adult women and then one man um, there. Now, this morning at 7 a.m., I also went to the place uh, to find out if, if they were still there. And I saw about um, the same two women, um, the gentleman that in question, and two more uh, new people. This was 7 o'clock. When we had a conversation, our understanding was that they were going to go home. Today, before end of day, I will communicate with their secretary what the, um, when they were going to get their payment. And then a week Friday, next week Friday, we're going to meet and discuss how we will better their business so that they can continue to do their work. So I, I couldn't imagine that anybody would be there today. Now, just around 3, 4 p.m., I had information that they had regrouped and um, the minority had visited the place, was, giving them, was going to give them food and drinks and water and the minority went with the parliamentary press, you know, in an attempt to, let me, let me put it this way, stage um, um, a show. So when I went there, I, I, I saw the, the, the minority leader and then a few other members of parliament, and I said that this is not 
is not right because yesterday this matter was resolved. The people are looking for their money. I've had a conversation with them myself. And as far as I'm concerned, they had dispersed. So on what basis do they come again to meet the minority, this time wailing, waving placards, crying, and, and, and being fed by the minority, giving water, sympathizing with them? I found it so dramatic. And so I was, I think in, in my state of shock, I, I confronted to that, you know, this is not just right. We cannot capitalize on the pains of people uh, to do politics with it. So that is probably what, uh, how that, that, that came about. I, I see. But it, it appears that, you know, of course, maybe you spoke to them. Uh, you were under the impression that they had left, but perhaps they, they came back. And we have spoken to them. And, and the general feeling is that they, they, they do not believe anything government tells them anymore. Uh, so, they've been I mean, promised I, a few I, times, I, I, and, and I, I, it cannot be the case. So. And they've been pro- they've been promised a few times, and and it's still so, the same. So so, so far, yes, I, I, you respond. So for example, they've been picketing at the place since Tuesday. When we spoke to them, they said nobody, even from the 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 organization on whose premises they were, had even come to share any word of encouragement or assurance with them. So so it came as a heartwarming news to hear that you had gone there yesterday. And, and spoke to them so so perhaps they 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 are i mean they, they are not encouraged by the scheme of things or how things are but panning but out and so anybody who presents themselves with a listening ear they will talk to the person perhaps that is why they spoke to the minority but are you saying that they, they wouldn't believe i cannot solve the, their problem and that the minority will solve their problem is that what you're suggesting no, what I'm suggesting is they have told us that they, many people from different quarters of government have that. promised them and I so am, I am the minister for food and agriculture. Very well. Yes. And I spoke with them yesterday. And are you suggesting that they didn't believe me? And that on, on getting notice that the minority was coming there, they came to meet them because they believed the minority. Is that what you are suggesting? Not, not, not really. But what I'm I saying is that they will, they will do whatever it takes to keep their matter in the news. Here we are talking about this situation. If the minority hadn't, if they hadn't responded to the minority or the minority hadn't gone there, Probably we may not have been discussing this, so but it is their interest to keep the matter in the news. Discussing, discussing it today in the news is inconsequential. It doesn't solve any problem. I am saying that yesterday when I went there, I solved the problem with them. We had a conversation. The matter had come to rest. It was done. It was settled. They were to go home. It rests with me. I am the minister for food and agriculture. And yesterday they believed me. Okay, and today mm. I, I had a conversation with the uh, necessary stakeholders and I was going to, end of day today, communicate with them how they were going to get paid and when they were going to get paid. I promised them that next week, Friday, we're going to have a stakeholder meeting, buffer stock, the ministry, and the, the, um, the, that's it, the top 20 uh, suppliers to have a conversation on how we can better their business. If they don't believe this, who, who else would they believe? And I'm saying that when we finished that conversation yesterday, that was the end of the, the matter. As far as I'm concerned, between us and them, there was a roadmap to a solution. And we were to go home and wait while the conversation goes on. So for them to all of a sudden come again to, to meet the minority to, with cameras and, and to start all this conversation again, I think that it was a show that was completely unnecessary. Mm. Ah, solve any problem. Very well. Uh, so, so now let, let's go to the, the 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 solution to the problem. 
So you, you encouraged them and told them that, you know, there was a roadmap. But when do you anticipate that, that you will begin paying them the, the monies you owe them? They said you owe them quite a bit. And before that, can you confirm whether the government owes them in excess of $270 million as they claim? Well, I, I cannot confirm whether government owes them. What we, we don't owe a group. We owe individuals. Not yeah, but cumulatively, are you able to tell? No, I'm not, I'm not going to put somebody's business on radio. We owe individuals. We don't. We don't. We don't recognize any grouping. We owe individuals, and I'm not prepared to put any individual invoices out. What I I can firmly assure you is that a lot of the reconciliation that I had directed has been done. It's clear who we have to pay, and it's clear who we don't have to pay because of suspicions that surrounds their invoicing. I have funding from um, finance that is going to education, that is going to hit buffer stock account, um, I think from the 17th or so, and all those who have been cleared will be paid. That, that is the solution that I, was, I, I discussed with them, that I was going to communicate to them by end of day today. Mm. So there's a clear roadmap. The bigger issue is how do we make their business better? Because the way they kindly do their business, it's not, it's, not, it's not sustainable. If they continue like this, this problem will continue to persist because it, they, they should tell you how they do their business. Uh, I, I the see. The way that anybody can, you know, present these papers uh, that are supplied food and just on the face of it, compile it and pay. I don't think the government of the Republic of Ghana can behave in that way, in that way between mm. itself and its suppliers. Mm. And these things will cause delays. But luckily, a lot has been reconciled. Uh, payment has been uh, it's been processed for them, and it will be uh, uh, paid them. I think from from the seventeenth, they will begin to receive their monies. Mm, so, 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 about how much are we looking at in terms of those who have been cleared, and for those, you know, reconciliation has been done for? How, how much is government, you know, uh, uh, owed? Or how much is government owing them in terms of the clearance you you have done? I think I can assure you that from the 17th, um, those who have supplied and have been cleared will, will, will receive their monies. But but how much are you disbursing? Not the total amount you owe them, but how much are you disbursing in all from the 17th? But, but I think the answer will be the same, sir. That from the 17th, we will begin paying the suppliers that uh, they have validated. Mm, but that, now the, the root cause of it, they said that this happened or they made supplies about two years ago. What, what held back payment? And the, the other point they make also is that uh, they, 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 you've stopped engaging them. You know, you, as in the ministry, or government has stopped engaging them, and our government has a new set of people it is dealing with. That is also I'm a problem not, they, they, have, they have spoken about. I am not aware. I don't think that there's a monopoly for who um, is, like, should be engaged in the business, uh, as and when new people are introduced or new people apply uh, to be suppliers. And um, I think it's a, uh, with a capitalist society, anybody that wants to do business with buffer stock can apply, uh, be vetted, and, and, and join the business. I don't think it's a preserve of, of um, a certain set of, of, of persons. So I'm not too sure that um, people joining or people not joining is really is it an issue? If you are a business person who is supplying to uh, buffer stock, I think you should focus on uh, supplying the best products to buffer stock. And when you submit your invoices, 
the invoices will be processed and you'll be paid. I think that's what we should focus on. Very well, but they, they, they also think that if you kept engaging with them and you kept paying and owing, paying and owing, of course, that's a business relationship. Maybe it mm. wouldn't have come to this point, but because they, you don't engage them again and now you have new people you are paying and dealing with, they, they, I mean, they found it quite you know, un- unfair that you know you are paying new people, but the old debt hasn't been settled and they are struggling uh, their business. Are struggling. Well, to be honest, I don't know about this. Mm, I see, but but uh, Minister, are you are you quite concerned that these days it appears uh, the only language government responds to is, is protests like this? We saw a couple of months ago the school feeding program people in Kumasi. We we we, we see in Accra pensioner board holders. We we see the IPPs. We see quite a number of people protesting before government attends to them. Is, is this a concern to you, really, no, as a minister no, of the no, regime? No, no. I think this is this is what we call in propaganda stacking. It is not an issue. The people protesting for various reasons didn't start today. I mean, from the days that this country was declared independent, people have been protesting for various reasons. So I don't think that uh, I'm adding three or four or five protests by by people making some demands um, makes it a case that this government uh, is, 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 is the only language that this government a response so i did, i think it's most most unfair i see so the assurance you're giving the people and the people of ghana generally is that from the 17th of this month uh the ministry is going to begin payment to to, to yes. these protesters without more and they did not have protested for this uh people to have been paid from the 17th it is not they are not being paid because of the protest because the money is where we had a timeline that we we're going to receive the money and we knew when we we're going to start the payment Yes, they protested, and it has forced us to come up, tell them the date. But that is exactly what, if, I mean, if they were protesting, well, why don't we just pay them today or pay them Monday? So the 17th is what has been on the, on the, on the plan, and that is exactly what we have kept. And that is what I, may, I, I mentioned to them today. So it is not a protest that is, is, is getting them paid. In the past, that they have been paid. Indeed, in the past, they have been delayed. But they have been paid anyway. So it is not a protest that is is, 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 is is getting them paid. But that is a that is a roadmap. But that is where I can perhaps agree with you that if this communication had gone to them, then uh, maybe it wouldn't have it wouldn't have happened. But in the the, the 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 picketing and the protest is not what is, is, is causing them uh, to be paid and that is a fact. We appreciate your time and we also hope that the communications lines will, will, will be open so so we don't see this situation again. Thank you so much. Uh, the Honorable Brian A. Champon, Minister for Food and Agriculture of our Republic. Thanks so much for speaking to us on Eyewitness News. I go to the other line and speak to the Honorable Minta Kando, who is the MP for Joaboso. He was a member of the minority team or caucus uh, that visited the premises of the uh, Buffer Stock Company where the protesters uh, were picketing and sleeping. Good evening, sir. Welcome to Eyewitness News. Um, why was it so necessary for the minority to go to the premises of the buffer stock, you know, company to engage with the protesters when the minister had spoken to them last night and they appeared to have agreed uh, with with the suggestions he made to them or the assurances he gave to them. Professor, some of them say good evening and make the point that we don't wait under the minister responsible for agriculture and to also state that the arrogant posture of the minister today when we visited the protested um was 
highly unacceptable, unwarranted. And I think that it is becoming unbecoming of him. Uh, the earlier he put an end to that kind of behavior, the better it will be for him. What really happened today was that this issue of picketing was raised on the floor of parliament. Are you hearing me? Mm. This issue was raised on the floor of parliament today during proceedings. And therefore, Mr. Speaker directed that the ministers involved must be programmed to appear on the floor of the House next week. So the ministers involved are the minister responsible for agric, minister responsible for education, and minister responsible for finance. Now, as a responsible, as a responsible minority, and any member of parliament, you need to have first-hand information before you can ask the relevant questions. And so when we heard that they were picketing at the buffer stock company, as videos and pictures have gone by, we took the opportunity to show concern and also to have first-hand information. And when we got there, we didn't stop at them. We thought it wise to engage the leadership of buffer stock company. When we inquired about the CEO, they said the CEO had traveled. So they, we engaged the second in command. In the process of engaging the second in command, then the minister responsible for agriculture appeared from nowhere and started throwing, I mean, sent, I mean speaking anyhow. Okay, I thought that the most responsible thing to have done as his colleagues is to have called us aside and then probably judge up with us before even coming to engage the press. But immediately he appeared, he started speaking anyhow and attacking the minority leader. Well, I don't know about that. What I heard in that in that clip was he asking, you know, what the business was and, and all of that. But he, so he how can you he, access our business as members of parliament? Play no, but 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 he, he he ought to know why you were there because according to him he had spoken with them last night he had given them timelines assured them that from the seventeenth payment will be made and when he was going home I mean he still he passed there again and there there was really nobody apart from two people and, and so it was quite surprising to him that after speaking to them here they were again with you wailing crying and you with cameras and media people following you engaging them he thought it was quite you know, dramatic and, and theatrical. That, 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 that is left to him. I cannot enter his head and then determine what should be shocked to him and what's not to be shocked to him. In any case, when we went there, the women told us that not until they get their money, they were, they were not going anywhere. Even as I speak to you there, after leaving the police, they are still there. I don't, I don't know about, I mean, the issue of addressing them and agreeing that they were leaving their premises and all that. And let me go ahead and explain the issues to you. So after engaging them, we came to engage the, uh, I mean, the protesters and listen to their side of the story carefully. What they see is that government owes them over a year. Now, they organize themselves to go and meet the minister responsible for education. Minister responsible for education says that he was shocked that they have not been paid. And so 
right in front of them, he put, I mean, he called the CEO of uh, Buffer Stock. He couldn't get him. That he told them that more than 90% of the money had been paid. When they followed up the next time to the CEO Papa Stock, he said that they were having some loans in their books, so they had used that money to defray those loans. This, what I'm telling you, I mean, your 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 rest were there. You, you have the recording, okay? And that, apart from even what they are owing them, they have sidelined them and engaged a different group of people, and now they are paying those group of people in advance. But they pay them before they even supply. So they now have money to pay others, and they owe them, and they are not paying. And as you rightly indicated, they owe them in excess of 200 million Ghana cities. And when we inquired how many people were involved, they said about 200. It means that on average, they owe each person about 1 million. If your mother or your sister, who has gone for a loan, Okay, look at the inflation in this country. Look at the depreciation of the city. And then over a year, you are not paying the person. And then you come and say that you will determine when to pay and that I have spoken to them. I have solved the problem. Is that the solution of the problem? The, 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 the solution the, of the problem is... Honorable, government owes, government owes quite a number of people. So, so government owing, actually, I'm not sure, is, is a problem. And, and he's a new minister. Okay. He, he's, 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 if I could just finish, he's a new minister and he says that he's engaged with them. He's provided them a roadmap that come on the 17th of this month, he's going to begin disbursement to them. That is quite some roadmap they can work with. Is that not the case? But as far as you are concerned, there's nothing wrong with government owing somebody and, I mean, engaging another group with the same, I mean, a contract and paying that person or group of people in advance. There's nothing wrong with it. No, that's their claim, and and he he couldn't he he he, the, he, he couldn't he couldn't. The minister was dead. He couldn't rebut it. The deputy CEO was dead. They couldn't rebut. And you expect me not to believe that? You expect me? And what did he ask the minister? Didn't you listen to his answer? He said they don't have monopoly over that business. Which that is was true. The responsible answer he gave you. But 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 that, that's a fact, is it not? And he says they don't deal with but groups. They deal with individuals. Why then? Then, then pay them those that you owe. The responsible thing to do is to call your debt. If you have money to pay in advance, that's the, the most responsible thing to do. Okay? So, where did we hear that as members of parliament who even approve the budget, who place oversight responsibility over the executive, will go to people for first-hand information? Have we committed any crime for doing that? Hmm. Have we committed any crime for going to people and Brian will determine when and where we should go. My God, is that what, <laughs> is that what democracy means? Well, the, 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 what democracy, democracy means, means you're able to express yourself, and 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 others to able to express themselves. But <laughs> but but I think your point is well made. Uh, thank yeah, you so much. So yes. You see, so you see, I like what is going on because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we must have solution to the problem. And, and he said the solution existed before, so it wasn't their protest that is bringing the solution. The solution is existed so, before, and 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 he had been engaging the appropriate quarters to make money available, and that will happen from the seventeenth. So that fact, existed fact, before. That that is that I cannot take that to be true because they themselves even told us that because of the ticketing, they had called for 
emergency board meeting and what have you. And as far as the deputy, the deputy CEO was concerned, he even didn't know. He himself didn't know when the money was going to be paid. Only for the minister to come and tell you on air that they had that one already. He himself, the deputy CEO, when we engaged him at the premises, he didn't know when that money could be paid. Mm. So for a minister to assess, and you see, don't forget that I've already told you that the Ministry of Education claims that they have even paid the money to the Buffer Stock Company Limited. So I see. Please, 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 we are all stakeholders of, uh, in, in this government, mm-hmm. and therefore we think that the right things must be done. Very well. Arrogance don't solve problems. Disrespect doesn't add up to competence. We must respect each other. That kind of display of arrogance will not help anybody. Very and well. this notice. We Thank will not tolerate that from any longer. Thank you so much, the Honorable. Uh, thank you so much, the Honorable uh, Minta Kanda, Member of Parliament for Jabus, and one of the minority MPs who visited the the suppliers at the Buffer Stock uh, Company premises. I'm not sure about arrogance and disrespect, but these were uh, his words. Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTF. And let me speak to our correspondent, Akuku uh, Duamo Ansan, who has been covering this, to let us know whether the people are still there. Or they've been or they, they, they've dispersed. Hello, good evening, Kweku. Welcome to Eyewitness News. What can you tell us about the situation? Are the people still there or they've been dispersed or they, they are no more there? So, Salom, the time um, I was leaving the premises, that was um, some 30 minutes after 4 p.m. And that was the time that um, the the minority caucus had already engaged them and also the minister of Agric had engaged them. They had decided to vacate the place and they said that they were going home and they were going to return either on Monday or on Tuesday. That's if they do not hear any fruitful response from the sector minister or the finance ministry um, on how they are going to pay their funds. But then what I can tell is that um, the time I was leaving, they had packed all their luggage um, their chairs had been folded up and they were putting all of them into their various vehicles and they had decided that they were leaving the place. And so I am sure as of now, nobody would be there because that was the agreement they had um, after they went into a conclave when um, they were given all these assurances. So I, I, I'm not too sure if we will still have some of the members stationed there to pick it as was happening some three, four days ago. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kweku Doma and Sam, uh, my colleague, our correspondent, who uh, covered uh, the picketing of the, uh, the, the the suppliers to the Buffer Stock Company. Eyewitness News on 97.3 uh, City FM. A few of your messages that you've sent to us. Elvis Kojo, Amejofe says, Salam, good evening. Why is the minister complaining uh, of the minority capitalizing on the situation of the food suppliers to score political points? Were they not doing the same thing when they were in opposition uh, some years back. Um, Nene Gaddafi from Yellow Crobber says, it's very sad uh, that people that we give power to can't address our uh, can't address uh, their problems to fix problems of the day but rather expose themselves uh, um, in, in, certain, in a certain manner, you see. Alex Kofi Yarini, Adenta Commando says, the Minister of Agri uh, should not turn his frustration onto the minority caucus in Parliament but get money as soon as possible to pay the suppliers. Alex Duane in London says, uh, we have the men, not knowing. Uh, here we are boys, you see. He said, this government is, is, is a failure. Uh, Kwame Nhohoi says, uh, it, it, it says that he's surprised that we've never learned anything from past lessons. He says, uh, the government is arrogant. Uh, Kofi, uh, Prof in Tema says, 
why do ministers take citizens for granted? Um, you know, you said listening to these people sometimes is so stressful. Uh, Prince Henry in Kofrudia says the minister of Agri should have resigned in a serious country f- for his field leadership towards the suppliers. Said so the future is pregnant. Michael says so. The minister is talking about the roadmap for which he talked with the people, but never know the amount owed the people. Um, Eyewitness News on ninety-seven point three CTFM. Still on this matter, the Speaker of Parliament Abang Babin has directed that the ministers for Education, Agri, and Finance be hauled before Parliament over the government's indebtedness to the National Food Supplies Association. Uh, this follows an appeal by the MP for North Tongue Samuel Kudeta Blackwa to the House to invite the aforementioned ministers to provide briefing on how government intends to settle the over 270 million uh, Ghana CD uh, uh, debts uh, government owes their people. Uh, here, Speaker of Parliament, the Right Honourable Abambab, in ordering the Business Committee of the House to program the three ministers for Parliament or before Parliament over the matter. As the leader of this House, the head of the institution, it's important that I keep on drawing your attention as the representatives of the people so that you can properly represent the interests of your constituents. Now, this is where we are now. And so I agree that the Business Committee should program for the three ministers to come before the House. The three ministers are the ministers for finance, food and agriculture, and education to tell us why the challenge will be able to assist the executive to solve some of these problems. That is why we are establishing the Committee on Ways and Means. So you heard the Speaker of Parliament, uh, the Right Honourable Abang Babin. Eyewitness News on 97.3 City FM. We'll take a short break. When we return, we will now deal with the matter of the 39-year-old woman who was denied medical attention uh, by an Aflao-based uh, health facility because she did not have cash on her to deposit. Rather, she wanted to pay via Momo, but the nurses, two nurses on duty around 4 a.m. Uh, said they would not accept mobile money and they left her there, according to the reports, and then she fell and then almost died. I mean, I mean she, she died, actually, uh, on her way to a bigger facility on referral. And the reports suggest that she was not even given a referral letter her vitals were not taken, but rather the nurses at that time of the day, around 4 a.m., were on their phones when the 39-year-old woman was struggling and unable to breathe in the wheelchair. There is more. Don't go away. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. Eyewitness News on 97.3 City FM. Uh, your messages still come, keep coming through. Uh, I say in Soko De Ho says, the minority should keep quiet and suffer. Uh, are they not the individuals who endorsed uh, uh, this particular minister overwhelmingly um, and, and a few others? Um, Akosia will give us some more stories. Yeah, let's move on now to health, where the theater at the Tatale Sanguli District Hospital in the northern region remains locked six months after it was shut down due to the lack of equipment. 
nurses at the theater unit of the hospital in January laid down their tools over the lack of anesthesia monitoring machines for surgeries at the health center. The situation is affecting many who need to undergo surgeries and pregnant women who have to go through a cesarean section. City News' checks at the facility shows the theater is still closed and efforts are being made to get it functioning. Now, please have arrested three persons suspected to be involved in the killing of a mobile money vendor, Zanu Mandela, in the Akachi South Municipality of the Volta region. The deceased is reported to have been shot several times by his assailant while on his way home from work last month. The suspects are said to have bolted with a motorcycle of the deceased as well as an undisclosed amount of money. Confirming the arrest of City News, the MCE for Kachi South, Martin Kofiche Nyahe, said the police is on manhunt for other suspects. Now, the Ministry of National Security has intensified its campaign under the See Something, Say Something initiative across borders. Communities in the Upper East region to monitor and avert the intrusion of violent extremists into the country. According to the ministry, the campaign is aimed at creating awareness and alertness among community members to report suspicious characters living in the communities to security agencies to help care the menace of violent extremists. Now the Ghana Registered Nurses and Midwives Association are investigating a case where two nurses of the Central Applaud Hospital in the Keto South Municipality of the Volta region allegedly refused to treat a patient in a critical condition unless cash was deposited leading to her death. According to the family of the deceased Linda Edua, several attempts to convince the nurses to accept mobile money payments for her treatment yielded no results, leading to untimely demise. The two nurses have since been released for investigations after the family of the deceased petitioned the president, the Minister of Health, and the Ghana Health Service. Yes, well, let's go to that story now. Um, Abigail Edua is sister to the deceased Linda Edua, and indeed, Abigail Edua has uh penned down a petition addressed to the director general of the ghana health service and uh copied quite a number of uh people including the director uh, health service voter region the director health service get to south the commissioner of Shraj, uh accra and commissioner of Shraj voter region the medical director of the hospital in questing that flower central flower hospital and the district commander of the ghana police service uh, the district commander also of the National Investigations Bureau and, and a number of other people, including the media. She joins us on the line now. Hello, good evening, madam. Uh, I'm sorry, so so sorry for, for your loss, but can you confirm to us when this incident happened? Uh, good evening to your listeners. My name is Abigail Adua. Linda Adua is my younger sister. On the 11th of April, I was in Kumasi early morning around 7 o'clock. My nephew called me that the mother is dead. Uh, so I rushed down to Aflao early in the morning. I rushed down to Aflao. But when I get to Aflao, I asked the boy everything. The boy narrated all the stuff, what happened in the hospital for me. So I asked a friend with my sister's son to escort me to the uh, hospital. We went to the hospital. I met the coordinator, the medical director, and his wife. So we spoke about the incident. And they asked me, before I called 
the 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 wife of the doctor when I was coming from Kumasi, I asked her, Madam Agnes, please, do you have a morgue in your hospital? And she said, yes, but you know we have a morgue in your hospital. And I told her, that's what has happened to my sister in your facility. And they gave my sister body to my nephew to send it to the district hospital. So she said, no, not in her hospital. So I asked her, go to the ward. There's a patient there. Go and ask her. So she called me 30 minutes later, telling me it's true. She has confirmed it from the patient that that's what happens to my sister. So we went there. After we went there, we spoke. They said they will call me back in five working days. They did not call. Three weeks, they did not call. Almost a month. That was 11th April. I went there 14th April. They did, they did not call. So May, May, May 2nd, and I went to the police station to make to lodge a complaint against them. So the commander uh, sent them a letter that they should produce the two nurses. They produced the two nurses. And investigation started. So I've decided to, I don't know, hmm. oh God. Hmm. So, so I, 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 I get that it's, it's a difficult time for yes. you and, and, and we, 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 we uh, sympathize with you really. But yes. what, what really happened on the day? Uh, what yes. were you told? I'm sure um, her 19-year-old yes. son would have narrated yes. to you what happened. So the, 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 the son took your sister to the hospital Yes. At dawn. Uh, and when they got dawn, there, what around happened? Four, around four, when they got there, they met two nurses on duty. One is uh, Christine Pebe and uh, Kevin Sekun. They met them on duty, and the nurses asked my sister, Do you have an health insurance? And she said, No. So they said, Okay, madam, you pay 400 cities before the treatment starts. And my sister said, I don't have physical cash with me. I only have mobile money with me. And they said, no. Doctor said they shouldn't take mobile money from 12 a.m. They shouldn't take mobile money. And my sister said, as you can see, it's only done for me to get a mobile money vendor. So please accept the mobile money and start the treatment. They said no. So my sister's son has to go out from the hospital to trek. He trek to the Avueme Junction before getting a motorbike to the border. He looked everywhere for a mobile money. He didn't get. So he trekked back. He trekked back to the hospital. So my sister is still sitting in the wheelchair at the nurse's station. Her vitals was, was not taken. They didn't even give her a paracetamol, nothing. My sister was sitting there. So the son asked them, the son told them that I, I couldn't get the mobile money. Please treat my mother so that early in the morning I will call my aunties and my uncles to come and pay the money. Or you can give me your mobile money number so that I will send the money 
through your mobile money number in the morning you can take the money and pay the bills the nurse said no and so the nurse asked the boy to wheel the mother to the ward and she just stood there point her fingers show her show them where the ward is she didn't even follow them to the ward so my my nephew wheel the mother to the ward so there's a bed there she sat on the bed later about one hour later my sister was complaining of difficult in breathing and the boy ran to them still begging them that they should take care of the mother the mother says she cannot breathe the nurse came and told my sister that madam you are disturbing us she was on her phone scrolling her phone told my sister that madam you are disturbing us why are you disturbing us bring the money before we treat you and my, my sister said oh i'm begging you i can't breathe please even if us a small oxygen give me so that i can breathe they said no they will not give her anything unless she they pay the money before they can treat her so my sister was there around six 45 that way and the son said okay now it's almost getting to seven so he's going out maybe he will get a mobile money vendor to withdraw the money and brought it to them so when the son stood up and my sister holds his son that she won't uh, the son should take her to the washroom so they move one, two, three steps, and my sister holds her son tightly, calling the son's name, Jerry, 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 and Jerry, and she fell on the floor. So Jerry pulled her, and she sat. She sat on the floor. So Jerry was very confused. My sister's son was very confused. So he left the mother on the floor, and the, the, the patient, there's a patient at the ward who stood up, screaming, calling the nurses. The boy went and called them. They didn't mind the boy. And the lady went there to call them. So the lady told them that something is happening to the woman. When they came, they just took my sister. They just raised my sister and put her on the bed. And they were checking her post. Then they realized she's already dead. So they asked the, the, my sister's son to quickly run and get a taxi. Her mother's condition is on critical condition. So she should run and get a taxi and bring the taxi and send the mother to the district hospital. So the boy was very confused. The boy ran out and looked for a taxi. By the time the boy brought the taxi, the security man opened the gate. They have put a hymn. Oh, God. They have, my sister is lying on a stretcher, lifeless. Her eyes were opened. They, they pushed her from the ward to the gate, beside the main gate. So when the taxi entered in, the, the taxi entered, and they asked my sister's son to quickly enter into the back seat. So the son was very confused. So he entered the back seat and they opened the other door and they hold they hold my sister and they push my sister into the taxi. 
So they put her uh, around her breast to her head on top of the lap of my sister's son. And they pushed the legs in. Even the slippers that she's wearing, they left the slippers there because they were in hurry to give the body to the boy. They were in hurry. So they left her slippers in the hospital. So, so your, your, suspicion, your suspicion is that uh, your sister died before she left the hospital? Yes. No, my sister died before she left the hospital. Even the patient at the ward told them that the woman is already dead before they left the hospital. And we, we, so they, we, they did not, you don't know whether they carried out any test on her to, to see whether indeed she was, de- she was dead or not. Because you just yes. said that there's a mortuary or a morgue in that facility. Yes. So maybe if she was dead, they would have put her there. But did they also issue them a referral yes. letter to the facility they were sending they them to? They didn't issue any referral letter. There is no nurse followed the boy the other hospital, uh, to the district hospital. They just left the boy and the mother. They asked the boy to send the mother to the district hospital. So when they when got to they the district hospital, what, what happened there? When they got to the district hospital, the boy quickly alive called the nurses that something is happening to the mother because she, he was calling the mother. The mother was not breathing and her eyes were open. Her mouth was open. So when they came, they realized she's already dead. And they went back and brought a strutter and put her on the strutter. We'll uh, throw her to the emergency. They didn't even put her on bed because they know she's already dead. Mm. So the doctors came and they detected her eyes. They closed her eyes. They closed her mouth. And they, told, they asked the boy to call the family. So I quickly called my brother, my younger brother, and my younger brother rushed to the hospital. So the doctors told him that she died almost about 50 minutes before they brought her to the Very unfortunate. But so you've petitioned the Ghana Health Service. What do you want them to do for you? Well, my sister my sister is a single mother. Mm. She's a single mother, and the boy had admission to University of Science and Technology before the mother passed on. So the mother wanted to send the boy to the school, and the boy said, no, he will not go. He will go on November or next year. That's what the boy said. So before my, ma- my sister passed on, now my sister is a single mother. My sister is a single mother, and the boy too got admission to the university. So I want, I want the government to. I I see. We 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 uh, we will share your grief, and we we understand that the authorities have started investigating the matter. The, the medical mm-hmm. and dental council we understand it started and and, yes. and and a few others are also interested in the matter we, yes. we wish you the very best we will touch base with you again and see okay. progress on the matter once again uh, our sympathies much. and we hope that the good lord himself will comfort you and and help you thank you so thank much you. Thank um you. Uh, thank you so thank much you. Uh, abigail uh Edria, sister to uh the uh, sister to uh, the deceased who uh, they suspect was treated unfairly or negligently 
Linda Edua is, is the name of the patient who died sometime in 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 April. Eyewitness News on 97.3 uh, City FM. Now let's speak to uh, David Tinkran Chum, who is the General Secretary of the Ghana uh, Registered Nurses and Midwives Association, uh, to find out whether this has come to their notice and what they make of it. Hello, good evening, sir. Welcome to Eyewitness News. Very uh, 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 traumatizing story, if you ask me. Uh, has it come to your notice? Uh, have you been briefed on, on this matter? Uh, good evening, my brother, and good evening to your listeners. Uh, indeed, uh, it has come to our notice, and I must say that it's quite uh, a traumatizing event. Um, I share in the grief of the family, and I would like to take this opportunity to express my sincere uh, sympathy to the family for, for the loss. Um, the incident came to my attention only yesterday, and I quickly called the Bota Regional Chairman of our association to move to site and investigate the matter. Luckily enough, I've gotten the contact numbers of the two nurses that were purported to be involved in this matter. So I handed over the numbers to the gentleman, and he quickly uh, started the investigation. Uh, I must say that the account that has been presented to us um, ran a little contrary to what was captured on the front pages of Graphic and some of the media platforms. Um, I, I, I can understand the difficulty the family finds itself. And it's not easy to lose a relative. Uh, I have worked in a hospital for a very long time. And uh, when you lose patients, uh, as even a mess, you, you, it's not easy. The psychological trauma that you have to go through, mm. especially yes. when you think that you have given the best uh, that you could. Very well. But, but do you think in this situation, I don't know how different the, the two accounts are, but before I get there, do you think that the lady in question, Linda Idria, was given the best of treatment or care? Well, based on the account as expressed by the family, uh, which, as I've said earlier, runs contrary to the account that our preliminary investigation has elicited. She wasn't treated fairly. Mm, but what uh, does your account reveal? Well, our accounts reveal that the, the woman, yes, reported... It's a private facility. Let's, I want us to establish that. It's, like government facility. it's yes. a private facility. Mm -hmm. And they may have certain policies that are inimical. I, I, I can't just understand for the life of me that any proprietor or head of facility or whoever will tell nurses or I mean, healthcare personnel not to receive or to receive money before uh, treatment is, is given. After all, if a, a, a patient comes and is that urgent, you need to at least provide the basic uh, uh, tenant of care to to. to to the patient, and I, I think that um, based on the account as being said, um, they could have done better, even if um, the, the case was that bad. I'm told that that wasn't the first point of call. This patient had bled, had had a history of, of bleeding for the past two weeks uh, uh, before uh, she was transferred to that particular private hospital. And the nurse they met, the female nurse, is actually... Um, has not been posted. They just qualified, and there's one of those nurses who have not been posted, and I'm sure the hospital has engaged her uh, services. The other male nurse 
was not even at the OPD at all. So he was working at the ward, and he had to be called uh, uh, to assist in the situation. It is that male nurse who is our member. The female nurse is not yet our member, but that notwithstanding, it's something that borders on nurses and midwives, and of course, life of human beings, uh, which is so precious. And I cannot say that because the person is not our member. If the person, yeah, exactly, exactly my point because I wanted to ask whether that mattered at all because it's a life yeah, in exactly, question, and and, and, exactly. so and, and thankfully, the person is gone through training and is a nurse, only that the person is not being posted yet. I don't know how it works, but does it mean that the fact that the person is not posted, the person is not qualified, you know, to deliver service? Is that is that, is that the case? Oh, well, not necessarily. I once the person has been licensed to practice by the regulator, I mean. Uh, 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 the person can, can work in anyway. it. And, and you, you just told so, me that it wasn't the first, I mean, the, 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 so the lady was bleeding in the past, etc. So knowing this or knowledge of this should have made them treat her with some urgency. You don't think so? Exactly. So if you refer the case. So that's what I'm saying. That let, Let's see what, what happens. Uh, as I said, our investigation is preliminary. I cannot make any consequential uh, deductions from whatever we got. I, we are still I, investigating because even I appreciate if we had, that. So they needed to do some documentation, all right? Um, I mean, people, uh, the account of the patient relative is that they didn't even check the vata. Uh, exactly. And, and I wanted to find out that what what, mm-hmm. what are the protocols? If a patient or somebody sick, a sick person walks into a facility, private or, or public, what are the first things to do? Because I know some temperature or vitals at least should be taken. Or do you pay before? What, what, what are the protocols? No, precisely. No, that, that, that shouldn't even be mentioned. I mean, uh, that shouldn't be mentioned. And that is why I detest uh, the malfunctioning of the National Health Insurance. But that is for another discussion. But whatever it is, life is precious. And we need to attend to the patient at the point of care, irrespective of the fact that the patient has money or not. So as you've said, the protocol is that you have to, of course, you know, depending on the you know, exigencies of the time and the patient's acuity, you want to admit the patient to bed and, and, and quickly check the vital signs, which is basic, all right? And depending on the readings of your vital signs, you take such actions that would be necessary to, to uh, um, if you like, um, resolve any difficulty. And you call in the doctor. If you think you can manage it, you call the doctor to come and, uh, and assist. So basically, as I've said, I, I'm not too convinced with the accounts that I've, I've gotten but I, I think that maybe after the investigation is concluded, we'll be able to come to a certain determination. As I said... Very well. But did your account include whether or not they were given a referral letter to the bigger hospital? Now, looking at the situation, providing a referral letter will even be difficult. Now, if, if, I, I, if I'm to listen to the lady, the account of the lady, and look, I mean, looking at the exigencies of the time, <laughs> you may not even have that opportunity to even uh, sit down to write a, a referral receipt. Do you understand? So that is where sometimes a certain level of urgency ought to be attached, okay, to be able to save the situation. You can accompany the patient, a nurse can accompany the patient to that uh, major health facility if they think that it's a dying emergency and nothing can be can be done about it. Before those paperwork uh, are, are done, you are going to sit down and say that we are waiting for a referral let us to be written by the time the patient is dead and gone. Very well. I, 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 ought to be brought to the situation to save the life of the of the, of the patient. I, I appreciate that very well. And that's what we all ex- expect or expected. But I don't know if this has come to your notice that especially nurses on night shift, they, they are always fixated and on their phones 
whilst patients sometimes struggle. And it's a similar situation that is played out here. Are there any rules regarding the use of phones whilst on duty? You know, is there any rule around that? Have you guys thought about that and have some of these reports about nurses on duty being on phones whilst patients struggle? Have these things come to your notice? And what have you been able to do about some of these reports if they've come to your notice? Yeah, that has come to my notice. And as, as an association, we are taking remedial steps to correct some of these uh, ills among few of our members. It's not all the nurses that will do that. And I have witnessed one myself when my uncle was sick and a nurse was on mobile phone while dispensing her, uh, his medication. And I quickly had to intervene, all right? So, yes, you may have some few bad nuts that are making life a bit difficult for all of us. So, just about two months ago, we ran a workshop on the usage of mobile phones and, and, and social media and, and, and stuff like that. So, we, we, we are taking them through series of education to prevent all these things. And it's unfortunate this has happened. And I'm sure those who are listening will, will take a cue from some of these things. Because, look, I mean, people can be dragged to the court of law and be dealt with. And your license can be withdrawn. NMC has come in. The regulator, I heard you people mentioning Ghana Medical and Dental Council. I don't know where they come in here. The, 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 the body, the entity that is mandated so by law to regulate the practice of nurses and midwives is necessary to be cancelled. And I believe that they will do the needful if they are found culpable of anything in terms of negligence or duty or whatever. I'm sure they will not be shelled. They will, they will be dealt with. And I know that there are instances where uh, certificates of nurses have been withheld. Just that we don't publish it for everybody to hear. So it appears as though uh, nothing is done in such I, I, I think you should start publishing it so 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 that everybody else will know everybody will know that the, the regulator is not just sit, sitting without doing I, I anything do, so, i believe that if, if they are found up as i said the investigation is going to be thorough we will make sure that we don't shield anybody all right if if they are found to be culpable of, of, of anything they, they'll be dealt with appropriately so that it will serve as a deterrent to the rest of our colleagues it is very disheartening to lose a patient. I, I keep telling my nurses that, look, I mean, we cannot continue like this. You understand? Because public sympathy is extremely important. I mean, nurses are running away, of course. I mean, it, 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 I realized that the lady was once on, on duty. She was alone. That's why the male nurse was, was sort of drawn from the ward to be added. All these things, you know, boils down to the, uh, 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 the migration and the exodus of nurses and midwives that we are having. It's even worse in some of these, uh, even... Uh, 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 well-known hospitals where you have fewer nurses breaking their back and, and other so it certainly will affect uh, patient care and, and patient goes. I believe that we'll be able to come to a certain determination uh, to correct some of the ills that is taking our noble profession. Very well. Thank you so much, David Tinkranchum, General Secretary of the Ghana Registered Nurses and Midwives Association. Thank you so much for speaking to us on this matter. A few of your messages uh, that have come to Jonathan Dokenu and Akati South says it is very important that a serious investigation is initiated on the following areas. One, if the facilities NHIS accredited, yes, it, it is. Two, if the woman has a health insurance card, and if indeed the card was active or valid, she didn't have a card or a valid card, that, that's what we know. Three, why they insisted on fiscal cash? Because they said their director says they should not take mobile money after 12 midnight. And four, why was a patient not issued a referral letter? That we do not know. And you continue to say that it is important to note that in health services delivery, the most important priority is to save lives. The most important thing 
for them to do was to have stabilized the woman first before any other thing or referral. It will be unethical for any health facility to deny any patient treatment just because he or she is not having fiscal cash. Andrew Atubiga in East Legon Hill says, Please, nurses don't receive money in a hospital. It's a hospital account officers. Please, let us stop accusing the wrong people. Eyewitness News on 97. Point three City FM. Akosia has another story. Organized Labour has suspended its intended strike scheduled for Monday, July 10, to demand the reinstatement of three of their local union workers whose contracts have been terminated by Senator Sogli Parliamented. The group says the decision comes after the Council of State requested ample time to engage key stakeholders. That met um, Council of State, we met right there at the premises and we went back to report to them that we are ready to give them that time. Uh, on the basis of that, we agree with them again that we are going to suspend the action which was scheduled for Monday 10th of July. Dr. Yaoba is Secretary General of Trade Union Congress. Eyewitness News on 97.3 City FM. It's time for City Business News. And Akosia will still give us the city business news after this break. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Get the details. Every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed. Hello and welcome to City Business News and Eyewitness News. It was powered by your most comprehensive business website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Akosia Otre. Now, after as Africa's net food import is projected to reach $110 billion by 2030, actors within the agribusiness space have been encouraged to leverage on the Africa continental free trade area to help find urgent actions to increase food productivity whilst optimizing profits. According to Professor Gottfried Bockwing, the growing population of the continent needs strategic interventions from the private sector to turn the arable lands of Africa into a hub that can supply its food needs and also cut down on its food exports. Ghana could actually transform from that end. In fact, if you look at the social accounting metrics, the income multiplier, the employment multiplier effect of agricultural productivity is the highest. Okay, and then the inequality reducing effect of agriculture is the highest. So if you want to really start the transformation, then agriculture is very important. And, and, and I'll say this to businesses also. In fact, if you look at the African continental free trade, one of the few areas where Ghana can leverage is in the food value chain. And the market is huge. Africa spends approximately 44% of household expenditure on food. That is market. And Africa's net food import in 2015 was $35 billion. That is market. And this is projected to reach $110 billion by 2025. This is market. And we are moving beyond just agriculture and looking at agribusiness, agro-processing. And the job creation capacity or potential of that value chain is huge. And that is how we can solve Ghana's missing middle. You heard the voice of Professor Gottfried Bockwain, an economist, now the director of the Institute of Statistical, Social and Economic Research, ESA. Professor Peter Corte is proposing constitutional amendments to tackle Ghana's economic crisis. He attributes the economic mess to the winner-takes-all 
political system in the country. This, he says, has led to a system where political actors do not consider solutions preferred by industry players. He has thus proposed changes to Ghana's constitution to address the growing economic challenges. Professor Peter Korte made the remark at a seminar on the topic 30 years of social, economic and political disequilibrium, systematic interventions to salvage at the University of Ghana. So the winner-takes-all attitude is what is destroying our country. I mean, government, I would appoint so many people, people troop to the Jubilee House, and it makes us feel very powerful. So when we are in opposition, that is where we want a change in the constitution. But when we are in government, you don't want a change in the constitution. And that is what is destroying our economy. But to some extent, yes, partially we take the blame, because if you be speaking out more, we should be out there forcefully but where you speak and it's like those there will not listen you do whatever you have to do and they don't listen because winner takes all they are so powerful if systems were working you could easily change a government you could easily get a minister to resign Professor Peter Korte is the director of the Institute of Statistical Social and Economic Research at the University of Ghana now, Ghana is on the verge of finalizing a significant external debt restructuring deal expected to provide financing of approximately $2.5 billion, according to the chief executive officer of the Ghana Investment Promotion Center, Yofi Grant. The announcement comes as negotiations with key partners approach conclusion by the end of the week, as reported by the GIPC. The CEO emphasized that the country's current fiscal gaps would be effectively addressed through a combination of external financing measures. We also expect some external debt restructuring to provide financing of approximately $2.5 billion. And by tomorrow, there's going to be... Um, Tomorrow we'll probably complete the negotiations with the other partners, the key partners that we have outside the IMF. Then we also have some World Bank support of, um, uh, of which the, uh, the DPO is $300 million and the GFSF, and I'm sure most of you know what that is, is $250 million uh, for 2023. And then $300 million per year um, for 2024 and 2025. The rest of the budget will be financed from project loans projected at about 13.6 billion Ghana cities in the 2023 budget for 2023 this year alone. And um, I think government is on track for that. Yofi Grants, Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana Investment Promotion Center, GIPC. Well, that's it for City Business News and Eyewitness News. It was powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Akusia Autry. Up next is Point Blank. Welcome to the Point Blank segment on Eyewitness News. My name is Selom Adun. On Point Blank tonight, we take you to Parliament where the minority as part of ensuring
that the National Food Supplies Association, whose members are picketed at the premises of the National Buffer Stock uh, National Buffer Stock Company Limited, the past few days. Paid. The minority is bent on deploying legislative tools in reaction to the four-day picketing. Let's hear what transpired in Parliament. Business committee proceeded to arrange the business of the ensuing week, and it is so. Yesterday, Thursday, and Mr. Speaker. First one to order 1611 of the rules of this house. I proceed to present the recommendations of the house. So, Speaker, in all, we have programmed 45 questions to be answered by the following ministers Minister of Chieftains and Religious Affairs, Minister of Gender, Children and Social Protection. Minister for Foreign Affairs and Regional Integration, Minister for Local Government, Decentralization and Rural Development, Minister for Food and Agriculture, Minister for Transport, Minister for Trade and Industry, Minister for Environment, Science, Technology and Innovation, and finally, Minister for Roads and Highways. The Speaker, the Minister for Roads take up the highest number of questions is going to answer 12 questions and the Minister for Gender, Children and Social Protection would answer six questions, would have one for Environment and the Minister for Chieftaincy will have three. The other Ministers would answer five each. The Speaker may admit statement in accordance with Order 72 and the Speaker papers and reports may be laid, motions taken, consequential resolutions, if any, also taken. The Speaker, the Business Committee recommends that in the ensuing week we do extend a sitting and sitting to commence again at 10 a.m. The Speaker, the extended sitting is to enable us take action on some outstanding matters before the House. The Speaker, we have the following bills which we seek to deal with in the ensuing week. The Grains Development Authority Bill, Ghana Industrial Property Office Bill, the Rent Bill, the Budget Bill, Criminal Offenses Amendment Bill, the National Petroleum Amendment Bill. The Speaker, these have been referred to the appropriate committees and we expect them to take action and uh, same considered before we rise. Mr. Speaker, attached here too is the order in which the business of the ensuing week is to be taken. And we urge members, especially those who have filed questions, to pay attention to same and ensure that they are available to ask their questions. We also urge the ministers to make themselves available and if there is any uh, 
contingency, they provide appropriate notice to the clerk at table on time so that the appropriate thing is done. So, Speaker, having so presented the report, may I, with your leave, invite members for their input before I move the motion for its adoption. I thank you, sir. I commend the Deputy Majority Leader for the presentation of the business statement. But, Mr. Speaker, there is a very urgent matter of national interest which I thought will have found expression in the business statement for this House to address, particularly as that matter, Mr. Speaker, has been of concern to your good self. And Mr. Speaker, I'm referring to the ongoing picketing and demonstrations at the Buffer Stock Company Limited. Food suppliers across the country have besieged the place and over the last four days running into the fifth day continuously they have been at the mercy of the vagaries of the weather sleeping rough mr speaker last night the honorable minority leader and i have his permission to 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 talk about that he shared a video with me from the grounds how the women were wailing rolling on the floor. Uh, Mr. Speaker, I was so depressed. I went to bed last night really, really troubled, Mr. Speaker. I recall that, I recall, Mr. Speaker, that only last year you paid a surprise visit to the Buffer Store Company, specifically on the 23rd of June, 2022. And Mr. Speaker himself warned. Mr. Speaker had foresight. He had vision. He warned that the situation was deteriorating and the speaker was not listened to. Now here we are, matters are totally out of control. So Mr. Speaker, I want to appeal to you that the Honorable Minister for Education and the Honorable Minister for Agric should be programmed to appear before this house urgently. And possibly we should add the Minister for Finance, because we are hearing that uh, the Minister for Education made a request for financial release and it has not been acceded to. So these three ministers, Mr. Speaker, they have to appear before us. These are our mothers. These are also our children who are starving. We cannot, Mr. Speaker, gloss over this matter for a whole week next week. So I want to make a special appeal, particularly following your visit to the place, your surprise visit last year, so that we can address this matter head on. I thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. Um, I happened to visit the women on Wednesday at the Bafastock uh, headquarters and the conditions under which they were, in fact, living was very uh, bad. So, Mr. Speaker, I remember last year you set up a, a committee uh, involving uh, education, agri, health, and um, gender. Um, a committee couldn't meet up to today. And uh, I reminded you of, uh, the, of the issue sometime. And uh, I hope that, Mr. Speaker, this is a, a time again to take a second look at the committee so that uh, we see what we can do. Because they are being owed over 278 million Ghana cities for two years. And the unfortunate thing also is that um, they have 
uh, sideline them, they no longer even supply the food to the senior high schools. So, Mr. Speaker, there's the need for Parliament to intervene on their behalf so that the uh, government can pay them um, their monies. Secondly, Mr. Speaker, um, you have encouraged members of uh, this House to take up the challenge in coming out with a private member's motion, private member's uh, bill for consideration. Mr. Speaker, last year you encouraged us to work on a, a bill to decap get fund. And we laid the bill, you referred it to the Committee on Finance. Mr. Speaker, finance met the proponents of uh, the bill, and we spoke about it. And up to today, Mr. Speaker, for almost seven months now, the report has not been laid. I want to appeal to you that uh, the Committee on Finance presents their report to this House so that we know the way forward. During the deliberation on the business statement for the current week, a colleague asked a question with regards to when the parliamentary friendship associations were going to be inaugurated. The leader of the House and the majority leader told the House that that would be done this week. Mr. Speaker, as we speak, today is the last day of the week. It has not happened. Looking through the business statement for the ensuing week, there is no indication that this very important and way delayed occasion has been given any room for the ensuing week. Mr. Speaker, this is a very unfortunate and sad development. And it doesn't speak well of us as a house. Mr. Speaker, my heart bleeds because my study of the history of the Fourth Republic indicates that your good self, as one of your contributions, played a very important role in bringing into being this parliamentary friendship association. And to think that during your tenure as the Speaker of Parliament, the A Parliament, we are almost concluding our work as the Eighth Parliament, and yet we cannot even participate and benefit from your brainchild. Mr. Speaker, this clearly, this clearly, you must agree with me, cannot be something that pleases you, Mr. Speaker. I call on you to intervene and use your good office to ensure that sooner rather than later, the friendship associations are inaugurated. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, we are serving notice that if you fail to do your business within schedule, do not come and push us to be working into midnight when the time for rising comes. Because it's not in our interest, because you have all the time. We can see some ministers consistently prioritizing businesses 
outside of the house than the businesses they brought to this house. So we are serving notice. Any minister who have brought business to this house and himself or herself will not make him or herself available to pursue the business, we shall not be part of that business because you have been made a minister and you made a commitment to do business. And parliamentary business must be one of the most important businesses you do uh, as, as a minister. So, Mr. 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 Speaker, we are serving notice. If you are a minister, you know you have a, a, a business on this floor. Do not send your deputy unless there's a very good reason why your deputy must, must, must come on your behalf. Do not send your deputy. Learn from the road minister who is always here to do his own business. Mr. Speaker, with the, this view, uh, I encourage colleagues to adopt the report as presented by the very respected deputy leader. Mr. Speaker, yesterday, for instance, all the ministers were here to answer questions. Unfortunately, the minority side was absent for reasons best known to them. Uh, that affected Honorable Kodu's question, which was to be programmed for today. The Speaker, we are here to do politics, but we should place the politics right. If you in the minority decide, without recourse to us, that you boycott proceedings because there are matters involving some members, and then you turn around to say that members, the ministers should not, should, should not be sending their deputies and all that. Mr. Speaker, I would plead with my colleague that some of these matters, let's discuss them. So you heard the deputy leader of the house. The Honorable Afenyo Marking ending point blank tonight. She has been produced by Nana Kobina Welsing and Beverly London. Earlier you heard Akosia Autry. Production assistance by Daniel Squashi. My name is Salom Adunu. Up next is Post Panorama with the boys. Have a good evening. our hotline on 0302-224959 and get interactive on Facebook City 97.3 FM and on Twitter at City 973.